Welcome to the show, guys. Horn and Hoof Records is on the air. We have Ed and Scott. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Nice to meet you. All the way from the UK, the other side of the world here for us, the US. How are we doing over there with COVID? Back in lockdown. Pretty shit. Yeah. Hey, you guys look like you're going to have a, a bigger lockdown now than we did. Yeah, we're um, on a national lockdown again for at least four weeks, but it'll probably go on a bit longer, I reckon. Yeah, we'll use that as a leader. Yeah, so, so, so actually the, lock, the lockdown, how's it going to affect you guys? Like, so now you have a label, and we'll dig deeper into it, but right off the top, you have a label, you have bands. Is, are you like closed down or you can do, is, it, is, is merch? Yeah, label's helping? okay. We're still selling stuff. We can still, you know, get to the post office. So we're, um, we're managing to get things out actually quicker than we did do before. Because okay. normally we get an order and I'd have to do it after work. And then it could be a day or two before it's posted out. But at the moment, because all the stuff's just upstairs in my bedroom, it's like, oh, an order, great. I'll just pack it up and go and ship it straight out sort of thing. Um, but we haven't, we're both um, in Tia Rico as well, and we haven't really, we haven't done much with that at all, have we? Yeah, done that chance to practice or anything. We've not really, do, not done anything since the, uh, was it like the 16th of March we last played? Wow. Yeah. It's been affecting everybody, I mean, you have a day job, you're lucky because uh, if you're just a musician, you're struggling on playing live. It's hurt yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, definitely lucky in that respect. Um, so let's start with the label, guys. So where did it come about? Either of you guys want to jump in? Like, um, well, I started ago. it, I think it was, it's always older than I actually think it is. I think I initially started in 2008 with my old band, uh, which was called Glue Air, which is a punk band. Yeah. And like a lot of, you, you'll, you'll hear this story with a lot of sort of punk labels, you know, they want to get their music out there, um, but no one <laughs> wants to, well, wants to yeah. touch him. <laughs> the DIY Especially, thing is, is yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, punk. so like, it was all digitally initially, so it was just to sort of really get my band's material recorded and just try and do something with it rather than yeah. just have it sitting at home on a computer. Cool. So we started just, just releasing your music and putting it together. Yeah. And from there, it was just like helping other friends' bands out, um, you know, who are good and working hard and sort of helping them out, help release their music. It sort of trundled on like that for a while for a good probably like six or seven years. Um, now, was that just a website or were you recording music or helping? It was just being sort of distributed digitally um, via, I think we were using CD Baby at the time. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people aren't aware of the, the back scene of, of actually promoting, putting a band out, doing it yourself. Yeah. Why, you know, I used to do gigs separately, but I didn't, I sort of stopped doing gigs by this point. So there was a decision made to start doing horn and hoof gigs again. Mm-hmm. Um and we've probably put out about 20 sort of releases, just purely digital. There was no, I think I'd just started to build a website probably about, uh, I don't know, 2014, something like that, started to build a website. Okay. And when did you, when did you get involved then? Was it two years ago, three years ago? I think it was uh, about 2017. Yeah. So like, We'll probably touch on this in a little bit, but Ed and I, like I said, we both play in Tia Rico. And, um, yeah, you guys, that's actually yeah. a fantastic video. We're going to talk about you guys. Very, uh, I was blown away. I was not expecting that sound. Um, <laughs> cool. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way because there's a certain punk sound. And you yeah. get more of a, we get more of a post, uh, I don't know what you guys call yourself, post something. We say grunge punk. Grunge. I think, when I think of grunge, I think you guys are like looking at your shoes and you guys got flannels on. And, <laughs> and I don't know if it's a different thing over there. You know what I mean? And, and I like a lot of the grunge bands too, you know, obviously, but you guys don't sound grunge to me. 
Okay. And, and that, you guys, like I said, sound kind of like in the, the, the vein of the, cool. uh, the Fugazi, that, that really yeah. raw, that the thumping bass. But then you got those, those kind of like deep motorhead vocals. It's kind of like, yeah, a really good, good mix. It, you know, it's not yeah, as I common as, as I would think a of good, a pink. That's a yeah. good uh, sort of two bad fellows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's not too bad. <laughs> that's really what it sounds like. That's what I hear. You know, and I'm not but trying to like love you as things. Well, my opinion is the only thing that matters if you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the um, one interviewing us, so you're right, man. I'm right. Well, no, no, no all, all the US. Oops, oh, boy. Hold on a second here. That will be edited. Okay. So, yeah, actually, all the US voted in. Um, the president's opinion doesn't matter anymore. So, <laughs> mine does. So, he's out. <laughs> yeah, so, I yeah. won't ask who you voted for, but I'm sure it was the right decision. <laughs> it was the right decision. We, um, they, they decided I was the best one, and we decided he was not doing what he needed to do. So, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's a lot, a lot of happiness and a lot of sadness over here. Some of us are happier than others. I was amazed that there wasn't riots, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm concerned there's still going to be, I think, just some sort of losers. And I think, you know, it's not going to be like, you know, let's just move forward, you know? No, well, I'm, I'm one for the environment for people. So, yeah, I'm okay. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's going to move forward. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I can't imagine from the outside, we got all those sidetrack jack from the outside looking in the nightmare of what <laughs> you guys are seeing is like, what is this? It's like you guys have like, it's like America has like a monopoly board, but you guys are playing with chess pieces. It's like nothing's working, nothing's matching up. No one's. To be honest, it's not much better here. Like with who we've got, we've got like the, the English version of Trump pretty much. So. Yeah, I would, it would take me like eight hours for you guys to explain Brexit to me. And then I'd be so confused afterwards. <laughs> I, I like read articles and I'm like so dumbfounded. I'm like, I don't get it, man. I don't even, can't even have an opinion because I don't even understand it. Yeah, dude, uh, I live here. I don't understand this. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, politics, that's got to be some good writing though, right? That's some punk. You got the government, you know, a lot of good material right now. To, uh, to do that. So well, we don't really sort of go into politics music wise, do we, Ed? You're, Ed's the main songwriter uh, in Tia Rico. So, like, he basically vetoes all my ideas. So I just leave him to it. <laughs> I no, no, I usually heavily edit your ideas and uh, lyrics and make them workable. Um, I, I suppose we touch on political stuff a little bit, but we're not really a political band. Um, I think that sort of stem, I, I sort of believe. I, I feel that everyone can sort of have their own beliefs and I think it's a bit um, overpowering telling people my opinion. So just leave it alone. I mean, like, you know, not condoning like some far right fascists or anything like that, but, you know, everyone's opinion is going to vary and otherwise you just end up in arguments with people all the time. So we steer clear of it, really. That's good. You know, it's funny because I think I can see both sides. I can see like if you're an artist and you're inspired and you want to do what you're going to do, and you, you, if you're an artist, you do what you believe in, so you kind of can do it. So of course, mm. if you have a political feeling, you're going to want to share it. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of are like also, like you know what? I also don't talk about my family and I don't talk about my finances. I just want to talk about my guitars. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And music. Yeah. So, so there's like two different sides. And I actually can. I actually respect both sides. It kind of feels wishy-washy, but I, I can kind of see both both angles, you know. No, I agree, but like, also, I mean, you want to alienate your fans, converted, aren't we? Most of the people who listen to punk in the UK, they're all quite left. You know, in our scene, it's all the same people with the same sort of mindset. So we just you're preaching to, to the converted, yeah. essentially. So that, yeah, we we don't really go down that um, like sort of political um, route. Uh, yeah. 
it's just lots of really to to evolve with. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it'd be too dangerous either, yeah, because it is kind of your crowd. Like here, it would anything would be very just divisive. Like, I think a lot of bands and artists that have actually spoken up mm. may have lost some fans, you know, in the political election right now because half of America is like half Trump and half you know Biden. Yeah, and people have actually said it, so I mean, it's like, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, I'd, ima- I'd imagine with the punk scene, a lot of the um, punk bands were all sort of Biden supporting anyway. Um, I'd imagine most of, I'd, I'd imagine, probably wrong, that most of the fans would be as well. Well, I would think so because Trump is pretty much capitalism and destroying the environment, and you know what I mean. It's almost like what he yeah. what he stands for, not what Biden stands against. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, on some level, you can kind of step back and be like, well, you know, I don't know much about Biden, but you know. I, I like the environment. <laughs> I like being alive, living in, in like a being alive. You know, I, okay. I, I do embrace science. Um, <laughs> I'm tired of being locked in my house. Um, yeah, I've been lucky in my job. I'm a, I do remote. I do IT, so I've been able to go in myself and do remotely. So it hasn't changed me a lot. But um, yeah, the music scene here is obviously just like you guys. It's it's crushed. You know, bands are surviving off of off of their either labels or whatever. Um, yeah. So, so like your work with bands, how involved are you when you get them? Like, do they come to you and then you just you say, "All right, I, I built this." You guys have the website. From there, we're going to take it. You guys do the recording. They do the recording. They bring it to you. Well, we just let them do what they want, really. Um, we don't really want to sort of muddy the waters and <laughs> sort of you know tell people what to do. We we the bands we work with, we're all they're generally people we know and we respect and um, yeah built up a relationship with um and it's not our place to tell people what to do with music if you know we we get them because we like them i mean more from a business end like you're coming in are you you know are you set up to do your time for them or are they already doing yeah. that and give, are they giving like a fish product thing no we're only a very small two-man thing we don't really ha- have any sort of money to put into it all the money we get from sales just goes into sort of like um pressing new cds and records so Bands will generally pay for the recording themselves. They'll come to us. We'll either do a, a split deal on the uh, on the merchandise. You know, yeah. we'll pay half, take half, or we'll front some, and they'll buy buy them off us at like the, the rate we got them for, but at a lower volume, so they don't have to fork out. Well, that's uh, I mean that's fair. I mean, you guys really feel like you're um, you know, you're band 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 oriented. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we're, we're in bands, so we. we you know, we don't, we're not here to screw anybody over. We're just here to help people get music out. It's, it's a bit like the uh, the factory records ethos of the bands are free to fuck off at any time if they want to. I yeah, mean, you prefer that they so. wouldn't do that. You, um, but, yeah, they, and they sort of mix. We'll approach bands or they'll approach us and work out an agreement that everyone's happy with and then go from there, really. You guys are like hippie parents from the 60s. <laughs> with your kids you go out do your stuff do what you need to do we're here to support you but <laughs> yeah. yeah you're not going to hear uh, punk being compared to hippies very much either so Ed's, Ed's definitely the mom the mom <laughs> I was, yeah. was going to go there and be like so in this relationship so yeah but you know the, the moms are the heartbeats of the family though too so you know yeah you got that um, so there's, a, there's actually a label out now a uh, website that uh, Dweezil Zappa does, they actually, it's another band oriented program too, where they like, the bands get bandwidth and stuff and they, they, they handle their own merch and stuff so they get points on their own music and 
might be doing it justice. But it's another, it's like a lot of people are trying to make all music programs based on the artists get back now. Him being an artist, he's clearly a big part of it. So what kind of, website's that? It's, it's not, well, Dweezil Zappa has it. He's, he actually is on the website. Um, I'll, I'll look up the link and send you the link. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be cool. And it, they have a, it's like a whole thing where you, you get points, you put your band there, and then you only pay for what you use. The, they don't make much of a profit. You actually just pay for the bandwidth. It's, it's really just a band-oriented thing. Um, I know good. I'm selling it horrible. Good thing I don't work for it. <laughs> but it's a fantastic thing. It's like, you know, hopefully that's the, the forward model um, for that, all the merch and everything. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that sounds fairer than like streaming services like Spotify, where it's 0.001 pence per play, I think. Well, yeah, and that's what he had. He actually had a breakdown of like how much you do. It would take like, I don't know, millions of plays just to get like a $700 check. You'd still be like, you know, below minimum wage or something. Yeah. But then if you get like a hundred or like, let's say a thousand of your fans, and you get 700 of your fans, you know, subscribing in a month, you, you make really that. Idea. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a really good system. And you got, you know, hopefully I can get them on one time. And they'll talk about it. Um, so the label, some of your bands, let's talk about some of your bands. I actually went on there and I gotta be honest, I, I wanted to get a hold of some of, your, some of the lyrics of your songs, but we don't have time. Um, I would, I would give you a hard time about it and uh, check them out. <laughs> we have questioned you on them. I, th I think they're really good. I'm just busting your, busting your stones. I could have, um, uh, yeah, you should, should let me know when I sent you a load. <laughs> I, you know, I, and I love it. I love because when you talk to people, they'll be like, I'll say something like, oh, I don't, I don't really follow my own. You know, I mean, somebody like writes it and the singer's like, I don't really know. I don't listen to it. You know, <laughs> I was in, I would just go off recording and I was in bands and stuff or whatever. And um, people are like, I don't, I don't really know what you're singing. I don't really care. They'll really, you know, respect the music. The rest of the band doesn't care. <laughs> so it's always kind of funny to hear like that, um, the feedback. But so what's actually going on from the bands, okay? That you guys have now? Are you, yeah. do, are, do you guys actually, when you said, but are you, do you guys actually, when you call, call on a gig or, you know, to a club and then maybe play with some of the bands you have that are similar or friends or mates or? Yeah, well, um, we, we, before lockdown, we, um, we'd put on gigs um, maybe once every two months or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and we generally have like a like a Halloween show every year and a Christmas New Year show, um, and we'd have a, an ordea which we we organise with um, one of the guys in the Crash Mats who's on our label, a guy called Danny. Yeah, uh, he has a little promotions company as well called Evil Music. So once a year we'd team up with him and do an, an ordea punk festival uh, in Manchester. Cool. Um, but yeah, like I've got a big long list of bands that contact me saying, "Can we play a gig?" So I just generally sort of work on that couple of bands off and put a couple of our bands on as well. well that's really cool so yeah you probably have a nice choice now at this point after being around for a while huh yeah yeah i think bands. i've got about 60 70 bands on this list to put on look at you nice but also we get a lot of touring bands from, from europe um messaging us as well and if a band's touring i'll generally book them to the top um, oh yeah so if you want to come and play for us you know do a tour and get in touch <laughs> right yeah. Now, do you guys have you guys been able to play with anybody else? Like, say, like a bigger, like any of your idols or anybody you guys would want to when they come around? Our friends are our idols, you know. That's who we want to play with. <laughs> well, sorry, because like um, band wise, I don't. Um, we haven't really. Idols a bad no. word. I, I actually guys kind of step back that word. <laughs> you know, people you respect, artists you respect, because sometimes it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean successful. Yeah, but there are some bands that were like, you know, been playing for 20, 30 years. And they're just yeah, they've got a hard work legends to a handful of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Webb, who would you like to um, play with ideally if you could play with anybody? Ed? 
Who, me? Oh, I didn't realize yeah. you were talking to me. Fugazi's not touring either. Um, no more. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, you know, talking of idols, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind playing with the, uh, you know, alongside the band idols because they're, they're pretty yeah. good and I quite like them. Um, I think they, they've got, they've really sort of captured that punk spirit of DIY and they, they did pretty well off of it, really. And, and, uh, but they seem to stay quite true to their, their roots so i mean that's probably one of the the big bands around at the moment that i'd be like if they phoned you up and went oh do you want to play i'd be like yeah of course <laughs> that's cool that's cool what about you you anyone i don't know man i mean no? it changes like from week to week like at the moment i've just dug out uh, an old feeder record and i just listened to a load of feeder so like they're a band that i'd love to play with you know this week next week it could be somebody totally different yeah. I mean, your solid ones are always people like Pennywise and No Effects yeah. stuff. Right? Like, they'd be all. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing to play with them, but we're totally different sort of style, aren't we? We'd never. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think it would be a big difference. I mean, those are actually bands I've know, <laughs> listened to. And uh, I don't think it'd be a big, a huge difference in the crowds. I mean, the bands mix up now. You know what I mean? You're not yeah, all the true. same. Yeah. Especially I mean, Tim, Tim's definitely a sort of a hero of mine, like with uh, everything he's done with Rancid and. Oh yeah, uh, Hellcat Records and, and Up Ivy and yeah. Up Ivy, absolutely, yeah. All those guys are still are still around is amazing, you know. Yeah, and they're still pretty much true to who they were. I mean, exactly. Yeah. You know, some of those guys have done like, um, like they'll have labels and or, or recording studios, you know. Um, I just heard one of the guys, and I'm, I'm not thinking of his name, drummer in one of those one of those bands. There was a guy who lived in one of them. He actually teaches recording too. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Well, he does his other, you know. So there's a lot of bands that are doing that that are still. Fucking hell. Nice. Great. I mean, how great is that? I mean, and it was actually one of the guys in the studio. Was it Bad Religion or. Um... I can't think of who it was. What was it then? It was very similar. Uh... Well, anyway. I'm sure it'll come to you. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come to you when we're all done. Like, oh, my God. Son of a. Um... What, what big bands you got going on now? Like I actually have a list over here of some of your, your, uh, on your bands on your list. Are these, you probably have about, I don't know, six, seven bands up, but you probably have more bands you guys are doing. Are these just highlighted bands right now on your site? <sighs> Depends how to date the site is. <laughs> I mean, you have like yeah, Sally Pepper, um, yeah. Hummer, Clayface, Only Strangers, this, this Tia R- R- Rico group, I don't know who they are. Yeah, who they? Crash Mats, um, Dead President. Millhouse Van Halen, that's a great name. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's the Tia Rico drummer that. Is it? Yeah, it's just like a, his own acoustic thing. That is really great. Um, so actually, that's, that's, that's a good lead-in. Let's talk about your band. Let's yeah, uh, start with your, with your, your influences for each of you guys. Only, uh, hey, why don't you start? Oh. I got you to music. I mean, I suppose... My aim is to play very simple guitar riffs, very loud with lots of feedback, because I'm not the greatest <laughs> guitarist. Um, but it seems to work. So we keep, there's, you, you won't find any sort of like long, lengthy solos. You'll find a lot of power chords <laughs> and feedback. Power um, chords played with two fingers. Yeah, because I'm really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I always look like I am. Um, can't wait for a gig to finish and don't want to be on stage so you know like 
you won't get much entertainment out of me when you uh, you come to see me play. Um, but I do enjoy it. Um, I, I, I think being a Joe, I think I I really enjoy. It. I've seen your videos. You guys are, are, are right on. You know, playing it doesn't look yeah. like, it doesn't look like that. It's not the feeling you get when you watch. You guys are kind of powering through. Um, well, so, sometimes Scott will come out with a belter of a uh, funny joke or something, and I think my real habit is just trying to wind up Ash. Uh, <laughs> and it's quite easy so you know that's that's my that's where i uh, you know derive my pleasure from on stage is annoying the other two members as much as possible by appearing that is definitely what you like i mean you guys yeah. all have a sound that cuts through like you guys are not competing for sound either like it's ash is a drummer right that's right yeah very consistent you know beat very very clean sound bass yeah he can't, you can't change the bass sound. that is a great bass sound that is Thank you, sir. I'm glad you found got that. out there right now. He didn't pay me for it. There's no endorsement. <laughs> but um, that is just a dirty, nasty sound that works well. And actually, and so and that actually works well with your guitar because I think your guitar is more uh, like a, a higher cutting right through it. So it just yeah. it really feels like it's a balance between all three of your instruments where no one's competing and it's not the average trio where it's like a wall of sound. It feels like you can kind of out the sounds individually without being like who's that wait what's that and yeah I, I think that's something that, that is something we sort of worked on and like because yeah you do come across bands where you're like there's too much going on and, and you just want something that like you can hear you can hear everything and it's that nice mix and that nice level um yeah, and, yeah you, you, don't want, you don't want a guitar tone that's really bassy when you've got a bass you know you need to sort of accentuate it and like yeah and we all sort of write our own uh, parts for each song. So someone will come along with a riff or, you know, come along and go, well, I've got this idea. And then, you know, Scott will write his bass part and Ash will write his drums and then go through it and go, yeah, we're happy with that. Let's go record it. So we work quite well in that manner um, that everyone's got a part to play. It's not just like, here's a song I wrote now, you best play it note for note. Um, <laughs> Well, it does feel like everybody has their own individual parts where you're not yeah. along, you know, the bass is doing the exact same thing. And, and sometimes you need to do it or you, yeah, it depends on music and what you're doing. In your music, it feels like, you know, the bass is almost like a rhythm guitar yeah. in a sense. Yeah. You know, kind of playing along the jangly sounds between the film the gaps. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, yeah, and I think we, that is what we've been trying to achieve. And I think we've got some new stuff um, on the go. Um, well, we're trying to like get ideas together, ready for when we can start practicing and recording again. Um, yeah. But it, it will carry on like that, and it's it's just adapting to each other. And we we play pretty well together as well. Um, you know, so you know we can spend a weekend in a car going between gigs, and you know we're not biting each other's heads off and stuff. So that's pretty important. Yeah, we do we do work pretty well together. So yeah. It's, it's it's not a um, like real sort of hardship going to band practice or going to gigs or going oh fuck we've got to rewrite a song or we've got to write some more material we do work well yeah so, so, so what do you have for gear what are you, what are you using for guitar and amp head kind of stuff um so I uh, what like uh, equipment wise yeah your rig um so I think the the head is a orange th thirty Nice. Um, I tend to use a lot of I think it's like a Boss OD2 
uh, overdrive, a big moth, um, use a bit of a small clone chorus. Uh, just got a delay pedal a few months ago, so I've been toying around with that a bit. Um, but I, I like it quite simple, just like a really good a distortion it's a tone. Clean, yeah, it's, it's a good sound. I mean, yeah. And I got like, um, I think guitar wise, the, my main guitar is this sort of like Japanese lawsuit era Les Paul that I was given by someone. It's like this weighty 30 year old chunk of wood of some sort and i rewired it and put some new like uh pickups the only reason i bought the pickups is because they were called hot slags <laughs> uh, never listened to the tone out of it but it sounds really um it's got a really nice just it gets a really nice distortion out um so that is my main guitar these days i think that i think the used ones or the weird ones are kind of the best like behind me well, behind me the red one yeah i got that uh uh, I bought it online. Some guy wanted uh, 80 bucks for it. It's an Aria Pro. Like, I didn't know online what it was. I just wanted it looked good. I wanted a, you know, a Australia looking guitar. It was an yeah. Aria. I like Aria. I went down and met the guy. I got it for 40 bucks. He, I don't think it was his guitar. I don't even know where he got it from. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got it for 40 bucks. It turned out it's an Aria yeah. Pro 2 like from like 1984, I think. I can't even find out where it was from. But it was great. It's, it's like from like some Japanese... Uh, you know, back in the day, the metal guitars, it's a great sound. And I can't even find the guitar anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's great. You know, you're not going to find that guitar anywhere else. It has its own. Yeah. What was it? Uh, was it Cobain that always used to say, like, you know, just play trash? Like, he yeah. always went back to trash, like, cheap pawn shop guitars that, you know, they, 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 he was smashing them every, every show, though, too. He was having yeah, the best yeah. buying the cheapest guitars. Yeah. We could smash it. Yeah. And it was like this really shitty sort of Japanese knockoff. Um, were they like Les Paul Juniors or something yeah. weird? And like they were having to go around pawn shops all over the states trying to find these guitars for like twenty dollars a piece and I know, shit. I would, have a, I would have a hard time once I fixed them up. I, I one time we I got one and I uh, took one apart, get painted it, and you know my friend had to do electronics and stuff and uh, and give it away. I don't think I could smash a guitar, man. I got some cheap ones too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could smash one though once I get it. You know, with you, man. So do that. It's weird. So, all right. So I, the other thing you didn't answer was what got you into like music when you first started out? Were you like, oh, I want to be a guitar, I want to be a drummer? What band? Was it like, you know, usually, oh, just, so like, like, usually a band started off like that's, that's not punk or something. You're like, yeah, I heard ABBA or I heard so-and-so or something. You're like, and now, you know, what started your journey? Well, I mean, I, I, I played the, uh, the violin from about the age of four till the age of 16. And then when I was about 15, I got a bass. Um, I was like getting quite into a lot of punk um, and sort of metal stuff. Yeah. And then uh, I think I sold that bass for beer money in the pub. <laughs> um, and then, then started playing guitar. And I think Scott, you know, well, you started off on guitar and are now playing bass because we couldn't find any bass players. Yeah, that's funny. Better watch your guitar there, Scott. We get some more money to pub. <laughs> Somebody likes to sell off their bass guitars. Well, I always I always lock it away after a, after a gig to keep it away from Ed. So there yeah, yeah. I I started playing guitar um, when I was in high school. So I don't know about twelve. I started doing classical guitar um, in like a sort of guitar club at school. And I'm glad they put me in that because it got me used to playing with people. 
Um, <laughs> that sounds a bit wrong. I fucking knew you'd have something to say about that, Ed. <laughs> oh, you got a three bunch of people in the car on a long trip together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is what I was working towards this whole time, being, being locked in the car with two other guys. He was waiting. He was, sorry, <laughs> you, once you made the mother joke, he was just waiting to just jump on your mouth. Yeah, I know. I should have. I was hoping he wasn't going to pick it up, but no. should have known. Should have known he would. Well, you were, so, yeah, so you... Like, I played um, classical guitar for. I don't know, oh, classical. Years, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, could, I, still, I used to be able to like properly read music, and um, I can't read it anymore. I can just read, read tabs now. And uh, the only piece of classical I can still play is Green Sleeves. So maybe I'll work that into a song one day, like, like, <laughs> a, like a breakdown of the melody. Yeah, yeah, just throw it in there. Was that just, I just heard that. Oh, maybe awesome. in the background is a subtle layer. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, but then I picked up um, electric guitar. I think, like, the first bands I were into um, were probably Oasis, um, being from Manchester. I think that's the right passage, really. Um, early, like, Offspring and Pantera were the sort of first three sort of bands that I got into. Um, I remember I remember hearing the clash in the car when I was a wee little kid, but yeah. I was like, oh, that song's fucking cool. But I didn't know who it was until, right. about, you know, many years later. Um, so just sort of like learning really offspring songs and stuff, really. That's sort of what sent me on the journey of playing punk rock. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, because it's, it's, it's interesting. Generationally, like, those influences, like, you know, back in the day, you hear people say, oh, it was, you know, Zeppelin, Sex Pistols. Yeah. So now we're moving forward. You guys were younger. Those bands were, yeah, Offspring, Oasis, you know. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to a lot of, well, my mum and dad used to listen to a lot of music. I remember, I remember trying to live a Dire Straits on guitar. Like, they were... Um, <sighs> Good luck. Big, big influence, but, like, just oh, way beyond me. Mark is ridiculous. <laughs> Mark Knopfler is, like, so ridiculous. I know. Fucking I just want to come a guitar and just throw it out in the parking lot. He's just, oh, he is too good. Amazing. Um, so, what are you using for your gear? What do you got for gear? Um, I've got a. This is the first bass I had. Where is it? Oh, over there. So, some. Let's see what it is. Yeah. It's a piece. It's a piece of shit. That bass. It yeah, broke when we were playing a gig for. Um, it looks Danny from the Crash Mats, and it was. Oh, it was awful. The vintage bass. I think I got it off my old drummer and my old band for fifty quid. A vintage bass, um, and it stopped working. So. I went shopping and bought a Fender a Jaguar Squire bass. Yeah. About 200 quid. Um, and we were running it through this massive uh, PV combi amp, which was... How big was that thing? Ed? Like, what was the wattage on it? I think it was like... I don't even know. I think it was like... It was got 100 watt. It weighed a ton. Because it yeah, was like it was, a, a combo. Like, 15-inch speaker in it. And it was made from solid wood. And it... Well, we borrowed it off a friend, didn't we? And then, like, within a month of borrowing it, the speaker blew. So we had then bought the amp off of it and then had to buy a new speaker to fit into it. So this piece of shit 30-year-old amp all of a sudden cost us, like, 150, 200 pounds when it was probably it worth great. about... It sounded fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was just... It was not good for going to gigs. It was just not practical to lug up and down metal staircases no. that piss went through. You know, midnight no. <laughs> when you're finishing a gig and you've had a load of beers. That's funny. So, yeah, I went shopping and um, bought a Fender Rumble 500, mm-hmm. um, which is probably, you know, about 
couple of inches tall and six, seven inches long. Um, 500 watt and it's fucking amazing. It's so powerful. I just plugged it in in the shop and played it. And, like, and then it broke a couple of weeks later, didn't it? Yeah, that's because I plugged it into that fucking amp, isn't it? And uh, I shouldn't have done that really. I, I thought it had like a, an input. It said it was a speaker input, but... Yeah, we, we didn't tell PMT Music that when it fucking blew up. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just got this red flashing light on it. I don't know what's happened. So shipped that way. Yeah. So I got a new one. Um, yeah. And I'm using um, a Boss uh, tuning pedal. I've got, uh, I think it's a Boss compression pedal. Yeah. Um, to sort of bring the low end down a bit and the high end up. So it's a bit, a bit flat. Bit of a bit of that sound you have there. Digitech, yeah. isn't it? Digitech compression. Oh, Digitech. Yeah. God, man, how do you know that? I'm very observant, Scott. You need to give me more credit. Are you Googling stuff while we talk? He must no, no. Yeah, he's just looking at pictures on it of my fucking setup. And I, the distortion uh, I use is just yeah. the Fender's built-in amp distortion. I think I think that I would say uh, Squire is, is gets, gets a bad rap. Nah, they're good, man. No, I'm yeah. saying they get a bad rap. Or at least yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're great. Like if you look behind me, there's a, a turquoise, there's a Squire. My kids got Squire. Oh, yeah. got, there's another Squire bass too around here. Fantastic. Yeah. I, some I think uh, yeah. Squire Strats out there well, too. Like, like it was like the brand of uh, the Bullet or something. The Squire Strats are awesome on guitar. They just yeah. a lot of them sound good. For the yeah. Money. What is that? Well, one? You can always like re rewire them as well, so it doesn't really matter too much what what sort of chassis you've got for it. My old uh, Squire Strat, which uh, a nice custom paint job. It just looks black. It's mint black and blue. And I completely fucked the electronics up in it when I uh, took it apart and painted it. Did you spill some beer in it? It's a lot. I don't think I've ever seen a guitar from a punk band that doesn't have stickers on it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, when we started in Sea Rico, I was like, I'm not going to put any stickers on my bass. I'm going to keep it clean. Um, It's got one sticker on it, so I'm not done too bad. It's just a sticker of a green cat. So I've got a cat sticker. So, all right. I actually wanted to step back. You wanted to say the uh, for an amp you're using the orange. That kind of caught me in the video. I actually saw the video using an orange. That's usually a rock and roll kind of a warm classic Rocky amp. Yeah, um, it's not a bad thing either. I'm just saying I, I was really surprised. Yeah. It was actually, it was, it was like, oh, that's cool. I haven't seen it in that, you know, used by that by uh, in a punk. A load, a lot of people are using oranges over here, like especially their little like micro terrors and um, tiny terrors and stuff, because you mean they they don't take up much room, and they've bought out this really new like little amp for your pedal board, like a um, solid state that looks quite interesting yeah. for about two hundred pounds, and like apparently that's pretty decent. So if you really want to travel light, you just need a pedal case and a guitar these days. That's really cool. But, yeah, I, I played a lot of amps. I just I just went to a guitar shop and just sat down and just played through loads and went, that's the one I want. You know, different oranges, different marshals and stuff. I went, don't like those. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I love orange, but, you know. like So there's, yeah, there's not a lot of punk over here anyhow to compare it against, you know? So yeah. our punk would be so watered down. Um, so just seeing that orange, I was like, wow, that's really different, you know? I, yeah. I'd like to get one. I mean, I got, I got a box behind me and so it's like an Ashdown amp. It's, it's like, sounds so good. That's actually my, yeah, my daughter's 16th birthday gift. That's what she wanted for her 16th birthday. Nice. No, no, no dress, no party. She's like, I want to get a bass amp. Okay, that's a good, uh, I approve. <laughs> All right. 
yeah, you know, it's, like, you know, it's really great. You know, they're really nice amps them as well. I, I've seen the, uh, the I played with the head, just the head version of that amp, yeah. which is exactly the same thing, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, it is, it is really good. So uh, let's um, what are you guys now now looking at for the uh, the future for you guys? Any plans? I mean, COVID now and then uh, you know post COVID. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll have a load of songs sort of like half written by then. So it'd be nice to get together, have a practice, and work them out, or maybe go and record, um, and then start doing some gigs again. Um, it, we had plans to sort of go around Europe, like do like a short European tour, but oh, that'd be a blast. That was, that was pre-Brexit. <laughs> um, I don't. So yeah, we've got to get a visa to do that now. Previously, we could just fucking drive off and. Oh yeah, everything was just. Play. And now it's all about visas. So. Now it's like a I don't know. What do you reckon? What, do you, what are your thoughts, Ed? Well, I mean, I think we were we were about to start really playing a lot of gigs to plug the album that we released in November. Um, yeah. So we're like a year down the line now, and we got cut short because we didn't play many. Well, we played a couple in December, November, December, and then a couple in March and February, quite close together. And we were like, yeah. Because I, I was doing a load of exams for work and then it was a case of, I was like, I've passed my exam. The next week we were in lockdown. I've not yeah. really been out of it since. So we were going to like hit it up pretty ha- hard this summer gig-wise and we just never got the chance. We were planning a little UK tour with a couple of um, couple of other bands, like another band on the label, Rights of Hadda, uh, who we played with in March. We were going to do a bit of a tour with them and another band we played with called uh, The Dry Wretch. Yeah, I do like a four or five day little mini UK tour and sort of kick off the year with that. I think you still um, should. I think that it's, you know, when it's over, a lot of people are going to want live music. I hope so. Because like, yeah. at the moment, there seems to be a lot of people who we don't really go and see a lot of smaller smaller bands. No, I think it's going to be, uh, I, I'm hopeful. I think a lot of people aren't going to support it. Are going to be out. I think I'm hoping that more people that didn't go out before that were used to it, took it for granted, yeah. are going yeah, to be exactly. like, oh my God, I need to go out now. You know? Let's hope so. I think it'd be yeah. a lot at first, and they might level out again. So, so really, the last question is: the sound you guys get and the recording you get, you guys are going to a different, a special studio. What's the deal? Where are you guys going? What are you guys doing in recording there? Is it? Uh... We record with our mate Ant Booth, who uh, runs a studio called Kesbury Studios um, in Bolton, which isn't too far from us. Probably like half an hour drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy's a complete legend. Uh, he, he seems to be recording like most of the bands in, in the sort of scene we're in at the moment. Okay. He's the go-to guy. Um, he's great to work with. He, he knows his stuff. Like he's, um, I think he's a, is he a sound engineer or something Ed, when he's touring? He's yeah, he, he like, he does front of house like monitors. He's a monitor man. And it, <laughs> the thing is, he's, he's so relaxed and easy to record with and like knows how to get the best out of you. And then he just every now and then drops in these amazing anecdotes of like things that have happened yeah. to him. Like he got sued by Mark Ronson once, and you know, and like, he, you just have to spend like a couple of days with him, and you just like it's worth it. It's so easy. Yeah, like I think he punched the guy from Razorlight, the fr- front manager at Razorlight once, and, you know. But he's done sound for some big people. Like he, he's done sound for like Stevie Wonder and. Or is it Billy Holiday always does or something, Scott? Like he very, very good, easy to record with, gets the best sound out of you. And it's it's, it's good fun. That's awesome. I mean, I think uh you saying he's a sound guy, front of house sound guy. That kind of explains the live sound you guys have. 
yeah gorgeous it's very much a live sound it doesn't sound you know, overproduced yeah and we wanted really as well we want something we could produce we don't really want layers and layers and layers and layers of guitars something that's going to make it unproducible to play live well yeah i think that's the problem and he uses all our he uses a lot of our live settings as well so you know like scott's bass is pretty much the settings it's your amp with your settings and all your pedal settings and then my guitar is exactly the same so that when we double the track the guitars we'll switch all the pedals over to some of his pedals and different guitar and whatnot and different amps to try and get that difference but the first guitar is through my amp through my pedals so you cap you actually get the sound that you can achieve live as well and it's it's good fun you guys actually record all together at once or is he doing you guys individually no no track? split it down like drums bass guitars vocals but um it's not you know you sort of it's all recorded live out of the the amps there's none of this like recording a clean track and then it being reamped and stuff he just yeah, goes no I'll stick a, stick five microphones in front of an amp and then just let it rip it feels it feels live it feels like um the same feeling you get like in the first like the van halen albums that really live in the room sound like you're in a club yeah that is just you know you know, okay, sounds very healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a sound where a lot of bands don't have that. I think it's the fact we've managed to get a lot of feedback as well. So we generally lock Ed in the room with all the amps for a good 10 or 15 minutes and just let him get a load of feedback. Everything's whacked on full volume. And he's in his element. You love it, don't you, mate? Yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, that is quite good fun. <laughs> that, is, that is great. That is good. Um, so this has been great. I'm glad you, we guys got to talk been a long time coming i'm gonna put the links everything in the band below cool, so good. um check them out check the band out uh, any last words guys support uh, your local your local label and local bands buy some merch because bands can't talk at the moment so help them out spend some spend any money you can true words true yeah. excellent all right thank you Thanks a lot, uh, yeah thank you all right take care